Well, as Diane said, uh, Lent has begun. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm actually quite fearful of uh, this Lent, but I'm also looking forward to Lent because I've committed myself to not eating chocolate between now and Easter. And that is quite daunting for me when Diane said to me on Friday, um, can we go into this chocolate shop? And as I went in with her, I thought to myself, am I going to be eating on Easter day all the chocolate that I haven't eaten for the last 40 days? But it's a challenge for all of us, isn't it? What can we give up? What can we give up? I'm asking you and I'm asking myself the question. I'm hoping that I might get to the point where I can maybe choose to eat chocolate and not get to that point where I eat one chocolate and I want another one and I want another one and I want another one. But maybe you don't have that problem. Maybe eating is quite easy thing for you to do. You are like my, one of my uh, daughter-in-laws who's very good. She just eats one piece of chocolate and places it back into her pocket. But then some people think that Lent is all about doing something. And I've committed myself to walking just that little bit more. But as we go towards this Easter day, we are journeying through Lent. And we have heard the words of Jesus many times before from the cross. Father, forgive them their sins, for they do not know what they are doing. We've heard those words from the cross many a time. But it's my prayer this morning that we all will take those words from the cross into our hearts and live them out. And I thought this morning I would try my very best to give you three basic points. And they are this, an invitation explained, an invitation given, and an invitation response. Now, I don't know about you, but I just love getting invitations. And a few weeks ago, David and Sam explained to Diane and I that they were announcing that they were going to get married in 2020 in May. And they started to talk to us about the plans they had already put into place for this wedding. And as they started to explain it, they said, well, one day you'll get a, a save-the-date fridge magnet, which I now can confirm is actually on our fridge door. But there was also an invitation given to me personally. And it was from Sam. We went into the kitchen and she said, Ian, I want to talk to you just for a moment. And she said, I would like you to walk me down the aisle. I would like you to be my father because he won't be there in May 2020. <coughs> there was an offer given. There was an invitation given. As I sat and stood, or whatever it was I did at the time, I immediately said, yes. My response to Sam's invitation to walk her down the aisle was a clear yes. I'm willing to do that for you. I consider that an honour and a gift. But she told me the reason why she had chosen me. It was because I have three sons and I don't have any daughters. And I was moved at that point. But Luke writes this gospel. If you want to read through during Lent this gospel story that Luke writes, it builds up towards the cross. And it has been said by many people that Luke's gospel casts a shadow over all 23 chapters. And so it is. 
Luke writes this gospel because he knows Jesus is the saviour. He knows that he is the, sa- he is the chosen one. But there's an invitation that Luke explains. And I want to just for a moment go to the hill of Calvary. There are three crosses. What was going to happen was that there were going to be three criminals on that day that were going to, that were going to be executed and it wasn't the place to be. I don't know about you, but just sometimes I like to hear things and not see things. But there was going to be agony on that day when Jesus and those two criminals died. There was going to be a noise. There's going to be a shouting. There was going to be a mocking. There was going to be, if you like, a moment where they would have to hammer those nails into those men's bodies. And I don't know about you, but I find that really hard. And someone once said, well, where would you be in the crowd on that day of crucifixion and execution? It was a place of agony. It was a place where we know that Pilate put on top of that uh, cross Jesus, the King of the Jews, almost mocking him in three languages, in Latin and Greek and in Hebrew. There were the casting of the lots. But Jesus Christ died an innocent death on the cross at Calvary with the two men on either side. They both saw him dying as a criminal, but yet he was sinless. Now, Luke is the only gospel writer who in actual fact includes these verses. And you may see in what is the significance about that? Well, the significance for me is that Luke actually wrote two gospels. He wrote Luke and he wrote about the Acts, the history of the church. And so I believe this morning that as we come to think about the words from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. These words were said by Jesus in his humanity, for humanity, for the world to hear, to listen, and also to act. And Luke, I believe, is giving us an incredible opportunity when life is a mess at Calvary, when everything is going wrong. The words of Jesus are for you and for me. Jesus is the Son of God. We know that there are words of prophecy given in Isaiah. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressions of many. Jesus' words are Father. Jesus, God's own Son, is addressing Almighty God in his humanity. He's going to, if you remember, he said while he was on earth, he taught the disciples to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. He's addressing his Father. And that's what you and I can do today. Also, he says, Father, forgive for eternity. How many years? And those of us who've been in the church for many years have heard those words. Forgive. Jesus forgives you and I. 
and it's also for them. This, I believe, is not just a human word said at Calvary, but these are eternal words that we can carry with us because our Father has forgiven us in and through Jesus Christ. Tom Wright has said of these verses, the one who was bearing the sins of many, he went to Calvary so that we might be set free. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. These are the words that Jesus says from the cross for you and for me. Father, forgive them. That's what Jesus has done for each and every one of us today. And that is the good news of the gospel. Then we go on to looking at an invitation given. An invitation given. Father, forgive them, for they do not know. For they do not know. For they do not know. Jesus on the cross, when he looks down, he sees humanity. He sees what they're doing to him. He takes the sin upon himself. <laughs> Isaiah the prophet 53 and verse 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Without Christ, there is no hope. We cannot do anything. And here for me is the big switch. It's quite simply this. Father, forgive them, for they do not know. I didn't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour until I heard the words that I can know him through his word. That is the big switch for all of us. That Jesus Christ is saying, look, you don't know. But you can know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Saviour. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And sometimes it's being put like this, that our lives, if we can imagine our lives, this is my life, this is the life of Christ. Some of you have sung this before. We live our lives and it's laden down with sin. But Jesus Christ took upon himself the sin of the world so that we might live an eternal life with him. Believing in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour, he has sacrificed his life for us. That is the big switch that we can know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour today in our humanity. And thirdly, there is an invitation for a response. An invitation for a response. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Christianity is not a doing religion. It's all about God's grace. It's all about God's unmerited favour in order to set us free in the spirit of God so that we can come to him in repentance. And do you know what? There's a beautiful verse that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. This is the good news of the gospel that we carry with us in our humanity today. 
because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. And it's a miracle. It's a miracle of faith that Christ has given to us his son. But he's given his son for the whole world so that they might know today. An invitation explained. The father forgives. An invitation which is given. Jesus has died for our sin once and for all. Today when we come to, in a few moments, this communion table, we come to say thank you for what he has done on the cross for each and every person here. There's an invitation for us to respond today. Maybe you are like someone who says, look, I haven't really worked this one out for myself. I didn't actually realise that Jesus is who he said he is. And maybe you today can commit your life to Jesus by just simply saying, Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ, that you came and died on the cross for me. Will you please just take my life from today and will you use me in an earthly way, in my humanity, in my brokenness? And I'm sorry, Lord, for those things that I have done so that you can be united with God through Christ, our Saviour. There is a response. Maybe some of you are feeling this morning as we think about that scene at Calvary. There are things that are going on that are just we're not in control of. <coughs> and we just have to say, Lord, speak. Build us up. Because you have given us this good news of the gospel to share with one another. Let us pray.